Hey, Faith Promise, how are we doing this week? Can you guys great? Awesome. Man, it's great to see it. All of our campuses, we're thrilled to have you. I want to remind you of two things before we dive into the Word. One is our men's and women's event that are coming, the men, the women's. Uh, this coming Friday, it's global. It'll be at Pellissippi Friday night. Michelle will be sharing a message on just a spiritual roar, no matter what, from teenagers to senior adults, ladies, single and maid. It'll be great for you. We, I think we got like 500 women have already registered. It's going to rock, so sign up, come. To, amen. Come on. There we go, ladies. It's not hard to get the ladies together. The guys a little more difficult. So the next week, again, Gator Hater Weekend, men, Friday night. Before the Florida game, uh, we're going to have a great, we're going to tailgate, have a great time. You can bring your kids, and we're coming in, and a message from Joe Champion is going to rock the heart of the men. And so we're going to want to challenge you. Sign up for that. Both those are huge. You saw on the video, we have our financial peace classes coming up. Now, I just read this week, the number one reason couples say they get divorced is financial pressure. Number one reason. And so we, we want more for you than we want from you. And so they'll be starting in a couple weeks at every campus. You can sign up. I want to challenge you. All of our staff, every one of our staff members have been through financial peace. And we have so many people in our body who need help financially, but through pride or whatever reason, said, man, I don't want to do that. You know, 90 bucks, that's a lot of money. Well, it's better to learn to get out of debt and live financial freedom than spend the rest of your life in financial bondage. Amen. So at every campus, at the conclusion of the service, there'll be people, wait, people waiting in every four-year. You can go out, uh, sign up, get involved, and, and just learn. I, I've not only been through it, I've read all of Dave Ramsey's books and other books because I want to learn to let money serve me and me not serve money. Amen? All right. Hey, has this series, Let Hope In, been great? It's great in the room. It's great in groups. One of the huge things about Faith Promise, and it's just a pillar of what we do, is we're all about the next generation. Is that right? Raising up the next generation. You see them on every campus and every part of our lives. So I've asked one of our next gen uh, pastors to come and share this weekend with us. So Zach, if you'll come out and uh, get ready to bust the word. Come on. Our best evangelist. Tear it up. Hey, Pastor. Thank you so much, Pastor. Do we not have an incredible pastor here at Faith Promise Church? Awesome pastor. Uh, I had to, uh, I get the privilege of knowing Pastor uh, pretty well, and I had to beg him uh, to, well, people are laughing because I, I'm uh, his son, so I know him whether I want to or not. But um, either way, uh, something uh, that I had to beg him to let me tell you, because I'm so excited about it, is uh, we got this magazine here at Faith Promise Church uh, this week. Uh, it, it was delivered this week. And if you open it up, you will find uh, that it, it lists the 100 fastest growing churches in the nation. And if you go to number 22, you find Faith Promise Church as the 22nd fastest growing church in the nation. That's incredible. That's incredible. So, you know, uh, as I was thinking about it, you know, uh, I'm a Vols fan, you know, and we're having a rebuilding decade, but God's church is not having a rebuilding decade, and we, he never takes the season off. So the fact that he is winning here at Faith Promise Church and allowing us at all five locations to do that is absolutely incredible. Uh, so I'm just so pumped. Uh, something else I want to just give you a heads up about. Um, at all of our locations, at, uh, at Blunt, at uh, North, Campbell, Anderson, and at Pellissippi, uh, yeah, we, 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 yeah, okay, um, we've got... Uh, I, I just need to give you a heads up just to, just to let you know, um, the, the students are coming for you. 
okay? Uh, we, we are growing in number and in intensity every week, okay? Like just a, just a not, not quite a mutiny, but we're coming, okay? So uh, pastor said, um, well, he didn't really say it, but he meant it. I think if we catch you guys, then it should have to flip. That we'll take the weekend, you guys take one. Just so you know, we're coming, okay? Just so you know, we're coming. The next generation is coming here at Faith Promise. Um, uh, and and that, what, what I'm excited about is that we're, I, and, and, I, and not that the necessarily anything about any other church, but what I'm excited about Faith Promise, because, them belie- because the leadership believing in Next Generation, um, as long as they do this magazine, uh, I believe Faith Promise will be there because they invest and they pour into the next generation. Uh, whether Whoever it is, the pastor's always looking for somebody to pour into so that when it's his time, he'll pass the baton on. And, and, and 22nd, you know, that's just, that's just the beginning for what God has to do here at Faith Promise Church. So we're so excited about that, so excited about what is coming. Uh, but has, has anybody enjoyed this series so far? Let hope it. Have you guys enjoyed that? Okay, hopefully. Hopefully you're in an adult small group. If you're in an adult small group, then, uh, then you've been soaking up even more. If you're not, fill out your communication card. You do not want to miss being in an adult small group. At any of our campuses, you want to be in an adult small group. We're diving even more into this series. Uh, but I just want to recap the series real quick. What this whole series is about um, is that everybody uh, on all of our locations, everybody that you know, wants a better future. We all want a better future, but we are haunted by a seemingly unforgettable past. And what we need to have a better future is hope. So what pastor's been doing the last two weeks so far, he's taken us to two choices that if we will accept, if we will believe, then we will have hope for the future because the world needs hope. They need it. They need it. And you know what? They, they don't need you to just give it to them. They need you to live it out for them. So that's what these choices are going to do. I want to recap real quick. Um, the four choices uh, are the two choices that pastor has went over so far. Um, in week one, I believe we're going to have it up here. In, uh, in week one, he uh, Pastor talked about allowing God to transform uh, the past instead, or transforming the past uh, instead of transferring into the present. Uh, letting our past, letting it go, because if your past is still affecting your present, then it is not your past. Okay, so he talked about letting that go, letting, giving it over to God. Uh, week two, uh, we're going to put up here the choice he talked about: choosing uh, to be okay with not being okay. Choosing to be okay with not being okay. Uh, choosing to go ahead and admit to yourself that you're not perfect uh, because the person beside you already knew. So we're, we're going to go ahead and admit that we're not perfect, uh, that, that we are missing something. Um, so if you've missed either of those two messages, uh, we have a Faith Promise app. They're online. Go catch those messages. They're awesome. You do not want to miss those. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to dive into this next week. Uh, but before we get to the choice, I want to ask you something. Have you ever felt like that you are missing something in your life? Have you ever felt like there's a void? Have you ever felt like, you know, gosh, I, I just feel, I, I feel a little bit empty. I, I feel like I need something. I feel like there's something that is, that is missing from what I have. And I believe that's everybody in the room. I believe that's everybody all of our campuses that we would say at some point in our life we felt like we were missing something. Uh, if you ask a student, if you ask an adult, if you ask somebody what do you need, everybody has something they need. Uh, everybody has something different. If you ask a student what do you need, uh, they'll tell you like their next breath, they need a new pair of shoes, right, that they need, uh, they need new clothes, right, they need these things. If you ask an adult on one of our campuses, hey, what is it that you need? You might say, I need a new job, right? I, I need more money. Um, I need a spouse. I need a new spouse. Wouldn't say that one out loud. Um, but uh, we, all, we all need something. 
But you know what? If you boil it down, all of uh, everybody, uh, students, kids, adults, we all need four basic things. Uh, psychology breaks the human, human uh, psyche down where we need four basic things. I'm going to put them up here. We're going to talk about it for just a minute. And that's attention, acceptance, appreciation, and affection. Now, from our bank of these things, from our bank of these things is how we do relationships. Not only how we do relationships, but how we view relationships comes from how much of these that we have been given. Let me give you an example. Uh, so let's take a teenage girl. For example, maybe a 15-year-old girl. If she doesn't receive enough, enough attention and affection from, let's say, hypothetically her father, then that's going to affect how she goes about her relationships. Because you know what? If she doesn't get enough attention and affection, she is going to look for it anywhere she can get it. And guess what? There's plenty of people out there who are willing to give it to her. There's plenty of people out there who are willing to answer these calls for attention and affection. We all, we all look at these things, and we all, ha we all get... Uh, maybe too much or not enough of these things. And can I just be candid with you? And this is the only plug I'll do. This right here is the reason we need more student leaders. Because on all of our campuses, we do have young men and young women who walk in who've never had attention, who've never had affection, who've never been appreciated or accepted. They walk in, they're hungry for it, and they desire for it. And a lot of our students, the only place they get it is on Wednesdays from one godly person who has walked in their life. Okay? That's my only shameless plug. But... The Lord's telling you. Okay, um, we, all, we, all, we all have these things. And you know what? It, it, it's in all of our lives. Maybe uh, you've been a part of divorce and, and you feel extremely low on acceptance. Maybe you have a job where you feel extremely low, if any, appreciation. Maybe you're in a cold marriage where you guys have been separated by alcohol or pornography and your affection is at an all-time low. What, when we look at these things, what we will realize is that our worldly relationships are all conditional. They're all conditional. They're all based on something. We all work to get, we all work to get some of these things from the people around us. Can we, can we admit that all of our relationships that we've had in our lives, that they are conditional? This means yes, right? Even mama, even mama, okay? We just had a baby, and I live with mama, and I know it's conditional. If that baby's not going to nap, we're not sure if we love it. I'm just joking. We love it <laughs> most of the time. But, um... So, so all of our relationships uh, here on earth are conditional. That really leads us well into choice number three. The choice number three that we're going to talk about, and we'll go ahead and throw it up here. Choice number three is choosing to trust rather than to please. Choosing to trust, this is talking about our relationship with God. Because what we've had of those four A's, what we've had of those, we project that onto God. We project that onto God. We need to work to get this affection. We need to work to get this acceptance. We need to work for it. And what we're going to talk about today is the choice to trust rather than to please. Because it's so hard to believe. Trust me, I have the hardest time with it. It's so hard to believe that our relationship with God is unconditional love. It doesn't make sense. It's so hard. But today, a uh, pastor, you know, the loving man he is, gave me the hardest one, okay, uh, of, of the messages. So uh, choosing to trust God rather than to please is absolutely huge. Now, uh, now and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back to it here in a second, but let me, let me help you understand something that, that will help us get onto this. How do we trust God rather than please God? Because maybe right now you don't even know where you're at in, that, in the grand scheme of things. Listen, if you're a believer, if, you, if you've accepted Christ um, in, on this walk, then you are on one of two paths. And, and I know there's a lot of Christians all over the world, but trust me, 
there's only two paths. And we're going to get into both of them, but let me tell you both of them real quick. The first one, path one, is choosing, uh, choosing to try to please God. The second one is choosing to trust God. The first one is choosing to please God. The second one is choosing to trust God. Now, let, let, let me go ahead and break them down for you just so we all understand them. Path one is uh, pleasing God, working on my sin. We have all been here. We've chosen to work on our sin. We've chosen to try to work uh, and, and, and try to work to where we have an intimate relationship with Christ. You know what I mean? Where we try to do enough, where we try to be enough. We, we, we try to strive and fight to where, where God will love us, where, where, we, where, where we, you know, it, it's so heroic because God did such an amazing sacrifice for us. And now we want to work for him. Now we want to push for him. Now, now we want to please him with our efforts. I don't know about you, maybe you're more God than me, but I find myself on path one so, so often. Uh, now, let me tell you the, 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 root call, the root problem with path one. There's lots of problems with path one, but the root problem with path one is that all throughout the Gospels, we see that Jesus is interested in transforming heart, hearts, not in behavior modification. Uh, throughout the church, uh, over the years, it's really gotten more about behavior modification, about sinning less. And our relationship with God, instead of loving God, has been all about not sinning, about being good people, right? It's really shifted our focus. Now let's talk a little bit about path two, a little bit about path two, and then we're going to dive into some scripture. Path two is trusting God, uh, is trusting God, trusting God with my sin. This is hard. This is hard because you know why? As I was reading this, 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 this path is a lot less heroic, right? It, it, you know what it really is? It's a lot less American. A lot less American, okay? The American dream, sorry, American dream is that we come with nothing and we work our, we get our fingers dirty, we work, we claw, we scratch to get more, to get better. We do that. It's all about what we can do and what we can work and the changes that we can make. And it's all about my striving and my efforts and, and my ability to make something happen. But in the Word, we see that path two is where God wants us, on the path of trusting God with our sins and, and not the path of, of just trying to please Him with our actions. Um, you, it, it's great how God orchestrates these things because God puts trusting Him and pleasing Him into one passage we're going to look at, and we'll look at another one. But I'm going to look at Hebrews 11.6. Uh, Hebrews 11.6. And, uh, and, and this is what Hebrews 11.6 says. Without faith, it is impossible to please him, please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, 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 leave this up. You catch that? Without faith, which faith is a biblical word for trust, right? Our, when we have faith, that means we trust in God. We trust, we have faith in God for our salvations. Without trust, it is impossible to please God. Do you realize that wrapped up in trust in God, wrapped up in faith, there is pleasing God. But you know what? Without trust, it is impossible to please God. Without, without trusting in him, it is impossible to please him. If we cut out the trust part, I know so often in my life I try to cut out the trust part, and all I want to do is I want to try to please him. I want to try to work for him. But listen, trying to please God on our own is never enough. Is never enough. Because once again, like I said, it's all about my striving. It's all about my ability. It's all about me trying to make something happen in my life. Now, I'm not going to make you raise your hand. But I believe everybody in here has tried their best to better themselves on their own. Am I right? 
And, and, and has, if it's gone better for you than for me, if you've done it, then I, I, I give you this. I give it to you. I got a small head. We can fit yours. None of us in here have been able to fix it on our own. If our primary motive is trusting God, then we find out that he is incredibly pleased with us because pleasing God, pleasing God is actually a byproduct of trusting God. If we will trust God, then we do please him. Now, when we talk about the two paths, it, it really seemed like a no-brainer. It really seemed like, no, of, of course I want to be on path, path two, right? Just trusting God. He, he forgives me. He, he loves me. However, in church, if you've been in church more than two weeks, you know what? I won't even use you guys. I'll use me. I find a pull back to path one. I find a, a just a, like a tractor beam back to path one. And as I thought about it, as I prayed about it, you know what I believe keeps drawing us back to path one? It's our past. We've been talking about this whole time. It's the things we've done that you won't forgive yourself for. It's the things that you, that you tried to change and you couldn't. But I hope that we can see, as you take a second and reflect on your life and path one, if you're a Christian, your life on path one, that it's been riddled with failure, guilt, shame, and really an impossibility. It, it, it's, it's impossible to live the Christian life on path one. And, and, and this, is, this, is, this is pretty, this, is pretty uh, this, this may shock you, but this is something that the, the, the church has struggled with ever since Jesus came. When Jesus came uh, and dropped this bomb called grace, this scandalous love called grace, where he came, lived a sinless life, and died for us, right? Whenever he came and did that, We've always had trouble with it. I actually want to read you a passage that Paul wrote where he talks to a, a church in Galatia. It's, it's the book of Galatians where he talks to them about stop trying to do it yourself. Just a little bit of backstory before, before I read you this passage. Um, before Jesus came, there were the Jews, right? We, we actually met a, a real Jew last week in a pastor. Uh, uh, Pastor Spiel, um, uh, he, he came and we talked about the bomb shelters. Uh, and so we, we met him. Now, there were Jews and then Jesus came and the Jews had all these rules and all these things you had to do to have a relationship with God. And then Jesus came and just dropped a bomb on it and said, hey, that's not how it works anymore. I have died. I have rose again so that you can be forgiven, so that you can have a relationship with God. Now, whenever he did that, it wasn't just the Jews that could be saved. Now it was everybody. Um, and everybody else would just sum them in. They are the Gentiles, right? They, they will now be able to save too. However, as most godly people do, the Jews were trying to bump and push the Gentiles over into living by the rules. It's all about the rules. You got to do what the rules say. You got to live this way, right? You, you, you've had some godly friends, right, that you just want to, mm, yeah. But, and they, they just, you know, hey, you got to do that. You were speeding. You're going to hell. And th that's what the Jews were trying to do. They were trying to push the, uh, the people, the, the Gentiles in Galatia, back onto path one. They were trying to, we've done it our whole, so I don't want you to feel bad if you're sitting there and realize, gosh, I've been on path one since I gave my life to Christ in VBS. Yes, ever since Jesus came and dropped this scandalous, Love called grace. We've been struggling with it. Let me read this passage just so we know that we're not alone, okay? It's in, it's in Galatians, Galatians 2, uh, 5 and 6. I'm going to read out of the message version because it, it just helps us understand a little more. It says, this Paul, who's a Jew, is writing this. He says, we Jews know that we have no advantage uh, of birth over the non-Jewish sinners. Uh, we, we know very well that we are not set 
right with God by rule keeping. We're not set right with God by keeping the rules, but only through personal faith in Jesus Christ. How do we know? We tried. Um, we, we tried. We had the best system of rules uh, that the world had ever seen. The Jews took those Ten Commandments and made it into over 600 rules. They can make up rules with the best of them. But they had tried. They had tried the rules. They tried it for years. For thousands of years they tried it. Convinced that no human being um, can please God by self-improvement, which is where I find myself all the time. We believe in Jesus that as the Messiah so that, so that we might be set right before God by trusting in the Messiah, uh, not by trying to be good. Now, there's a little more. Just, just stick with me. I know this is more Bible than some of you have had in a while, and you, you, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> should have been on your reading plan. Okay. Um, have, um, have some of you noticed that we are not perfect, shocker, um, and uh, that, you, that, you, uh, that, you are, uh, that and you are ready to, be, to make the accusation, since people like me who go through Christ, if you're a Christian, you've went through Christ in order to get things right with God, um, aren't perfectly virtuous. So even though we've went through Christ, we're not perfect. Are you ready to make the accusation that Christ must therefore be an accessory to sin? I'm not ready to make that accusation. I wouldn't do it. Okay. Oh, I wouldn't do it. Sorry, wrong side. Um, uh, the, the accusation is frivolous. If I was, this is huge, if I was trying to be good, I would be rebuilding the same old barn that I tore down. I would be acting like a charlatan. Now listen, if you've ever given your life to Christ, what you did is you said, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. I want you to remake me. What you did is you took a chain, you tied it to the barn doors that were your life, you got in the tractor, or you let Jesus get in the tractor and say, all right, Jesus, go ahead. And he pulled down the old life you had, the old life of fighting for acceptance, right, and affection, and, and, and those forays and fighting and pushing. I got to get them. I got to have them, right? But when you gave your life to Christ, he pulled that down. When we get on path one, all we're trying to do is try to rebuild that old barn, trying to rebuild that old barn. We're trying to put new paint on it because that's all we've ever known, because that's all we've ever seen. That's what our relationships on earth have been like. They've been with, with people with conditional love. Now, uh, God has absolutely rocked my world um, in this. And if my primary longing, if my primary longing is to please God and that, that's it, again, I have found myself on a guilt-ridden road, um, on, on a road of really it feels like hamster wheel, if I'm honest with you. I'm, I'm God's son, I know that. And I find myself going into a cage, closing the door on myself, getting on a hamster wheel, and chasing my own tail. Because you know what, that's the world's way. The world's way is fighting and pushing and, and trying to earn something. But the way of the word, the way of the Bible, is path two, is a way of trusting God with our sins, trusting God with who we are. Uh, what, what, we, what, what, what the Jewish people did and what we've done is we've made up this kind of equation in our mind. Um, and, and I'm going to put it up here. We, we kind of live by this equation. Uh, we say more right behavior plus less wrongdoing equals godliness. More right behavior plus less wrongdoing equals more godliness. There is such a huge problem with this philosophy. It leads to failure it leads to hypocrisy because you know what? Whenever you have some good, right behavior and you do less wrongdoings, right? You know what you do? You just start to judge others. It doesn't end in godliness. It ends in more ungodliness because that's, 
We're, we're, we're broken. If you're living out of that old barn, you're broken. And you can't get to godliness. This equation doesn't work. That theology is flawed. That theology doesn't work. That's not how our relationship with God works. Um, I, I, I want to put one more thing up here. I know I'm putting a lot of slides up there. But as I was reading this, um, I, I, I saw this. Uh, I, I kind of thought about this in my mind. And it really, it really shocked me. Um, and it's how I believe to find freedom. Now, I don't know if anybody in here would like freedom, but this is the way I think we could have it. And um, I'm going to put it up here. Living for acceptance and love is slavery. However, living from acceptance and love is freedom. Now, to be honest with you, now that I'm sitting here, I realize I've capitalized the wrong words. I capitalized slavery and freedom. But if I could go back, I would capitalize for and I would capitalize from. Living for acceptance and freedom our acceptance of love is slavery, living from. If you've been saved, you, you're living from. If, if, you, if you want to accept Christ as your Savior, you get to live from. You don't get to live for anymore. You get to live from love and freedom. Because you know what? After you've been saved, God made you a new creation, right? And the rest of your life here on earth is maturing into who God made you, who our God already made you. Do you catch that? Who God already made you. You don't have to remake yourself. Thank you. Yeah, if you, you get, there you go. Now, the key to living this way, and, and I'm going to wind it down. The key to living this way is a word that we've all heard a thousand times. And after I say it, please don't tune me out. I, I, it's, it's just huge. And that word's grace. Grace is believing that against all odds, believing against your past, believing that no matter what you've done, that God still loves you. So, something that I realize is that, is that, that our, our walk with God is not the absence of trouble, but the presence of God. It's not the absence of trouble. It's not the absence of sin, but it's the presence of God. And, and listen, you don't get the presence of God by your works, and you don't get the presence of God uh, by, by, by trying and by fighting. You get the presence of God by trusting. As, as, as I did this um, message, uh, <laughs> I realized my mind is in a place it only goes if I'm talking about this. See, I realize maybe you're not a Christian in the room. Maybe you're not a Christian at one of our five locations this weekend. And um, you're thinking, man, you, you sound a little bit pathetic. You sound like somebody who's whipped, whipped by a girl and you want so bad for the relationship to work. Right, because I've been up here talking about this small, seemingly small facet of how to view God. Right, the seemingly small deal of how we look at God, and, and it would seem like if you know if you were just watching from the outside, like, gosh, man, what, 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 you're 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 desperate about this relationship. And you know what? When it come to girls, my whole life I was a bit of a chauvinist, a bit of a jerk. And if I ever felt like a girl, somebody, if somebody even joked and said I was whipped, I would never talk to that girl again. I'm like, I'm gonna show you. Uh-uh, that ain't gonna happen, right? And now I've got this baby little girl. Yes, right, right, finger. But I'm I'm not the kind of guy who is even okay with somebody joking about me uh, being whipped or me being pathetic. I'm uh, it's a fault of mine. I'm a prideful guy. As I was realizing this, that's how I sounded in this message. Can I just be honest with you? When it comes to this, I am pathetic. When it comes to this, I am desperate. And it's not just for me, but it's for anybody in here 
who doesn't know Jesus Christ. Anybody in here who's never gone from trying to earn acceptance and affection and, and all these things that we think that we do need. I get desperate. I get pathetic. If I could read you one more passage, maybe to help you in my mind of why I feel pathetic when it comes to this. It's in, it's in 2 Corinthians. Let me, let me read you this last verse. It says, for our sake, that's for me and for you, he made him, that's God made Jesus to be sin who knew no sin so that, he, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Let me read it one more time. For our sake, that's me and you, he, that's God, made him, that's Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin. Jesus never sinned so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The reason that it brings me to a place of patheticness, uh, if that's a word, the reason it brings me to a place of desperation is because there was a man who came here and he lived for 33 and a half years. And he looked up at heaven and he had a relationship with God unlike we could ever have because he was the son of God. And he looked up and he said, God, is there any way that these people, is there any way that our, these people could have a relationship with you besides me sacrificing myself? God, is there any other way? He was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was sweating blood. He said, God, is there any other way? And God told him the only way for me and you to have a relationship with him was for Jesus to die. For Jesus to climb up on a cross, have his beard pulled out, have a crown of thorns put on his head, be nailed to a cross by worms, by people who, who he in an instant could snap his arm and be gone. Be free. But yet he was on that cross. Died of asphyxiation, have to push up on that nail to get a breath and then go back down. When I'm working out and a set gets hard, I, I, I'll quit sometimes. And I sit there, I think about Jesus doing this ultimate lift. And, and when he wanted to quit, when he said, this isn't worth it, he thought about you. And he thought about me. Yes, it brings me to a place of desperation. It brings me to a place of just where I just melt inside and I'm pathetic, not just for myself, but for you. If you don't know Jesus Christ tonight, please get off of path one. If you're at Anderson, if you're at Campbell, if you're at North, if, if you're on path one and you know it and you're so tired and you're missing something, tonight is your night. Tonight is your night. Actually, here in a second, we're going to pray as a church. And it all starts from the very beginning. You would think to accept a love like this, you would have to get pathetic, right? That you'd have to do something crazy. You'd have to get hazed. Something would have to happen. That's not how it is. You know what God all he asks? Is it trust him? That you pray to him? That you surrender your life? If that's you tonight, if you say, you know what, Zach, I've never received Christ. I've never accepted, accepted that gift. I'm on path one and I'm tired. Hey, come to path two. The water's great. It's awesome. Why don't you bow your head, close your eyes with me, and just listen to my voice. Please don't be distracted. We're going to pray all together. You're going to repeat after me. And if today is your day, if today you say, hey, I'm ready to get saved. Today I'm ready to give my life to Christ. Today I'm ready to get off of path one. I'm tired of being on path one. Zach, my legs are burning. I'm tired. I feel worthless. I don't know how to live this life. Listen, path two, Jesus died so that we can exit path one and get on path two. Church, we're going to pray this all together. If you're ready for the first time, all you have to do 
You don't have to get crazy. You don't have to stay up and do a jig. All I want you to do is pray this prayer in your heart. Pray this prayer. Actually, pray it out loud. Be bold with the rest of us. Let's pray right now. Say, Jesus, I know I've sinned, but I know you sent Jesus to die for me, to let me off path one. I want to trust in Jesus as my Savior. I surrender my life. I want to live for you because you died for me. Amen. Just keep your head down for a second. Keep your head down for a second. Hey, if, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, nobody's looking around. Will you just look up here at me? Will you just look up here at me just so I can lock eyes with you and know that God's done the work in your life? Amen. That's awesome. That's incredible. All over the room. You, uh, you can go and look up here. We're almost done. We're about to wrap up. Um, but you know what? There's, there's a really awesome part of giving our life to Christ. And that is following through with believers' baptism. And this weekend at all of our locations, there are people waiting. There are people waiting for you to go out the back and be baptized. Now you may say, Zach, what, what is baptism, right? It, ba baptism, all it is is after you give your life to Christ, is coming forward in front of the church, in front of your body of believers, right? And all it is is going down and getting baptized. Uh, baptizo is the word, which means fully submerged, and back up. And all it is is telling everybody, I trust in God. Earlier, earlier I said that if you trust in God, are you on clap or what? Well, yeah, yeah, pick one. Okay. Okay. Pastor, we need a light that says good preaching. They can just clap and just help you out. Um, so if you're, on, if you're on path one, it's just a circle, right? There's, no, there's nothing to it. But if you're on path two of trusting God, it takes you down a path where just by the default of trusting him, you are pleasing him. And guess what? Listen, the first step of trusting God the first step of going down that road is trusting him enough to get out of your seat and to go get baptized. Now listen, listen, and please don't get mad at me. Please don't find me in the parking lot. If you were baptized when you were a baby, if you were sprinkled, that would be your, your parents trusting God, not you. This is all about a personal walk. This is all about a personal, hey, listen, listen, listen. I, I, I do not mean to offend. If you got saved in BBS and, and baptized because it was a cool pool and the water was warm. Listen, that wasn't trusting God. There's hundreds of people across all of our campuses this weekend who need to be baptized because listen, it's really hard, it's really hard to say, I trust God with my life, but the first outward act of trusting God we're not willing to do. It's very hard to say, and for yourself to believe, yeah, I'm on the path of trusting God. No, I'm not going to trust him enough to get out of my seat. People see me. No, 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 no. Personally, it's hard for me to believe that you're really on, path, on that path too. I'm going to pray here in a second. And here's what we're going to do across all of our campuses. I'm going to pray for boldness. Because there's hundreds of people across all of our campuses who need to be baptized. Hundreds of people. There's hundreds of people who gave their life to Christ about a minute and a half ago. And you looked at me. I saw you. I will come get you. Okay? So that's why, that's why Pastor had me do this message. He didn't want to run around. But I get you. I'll get you. Okay? I've got friends in the back. Are you allowed to not consistently baptize? No? Okay. So it's going to have to be your choice. But please take your first step. I'm going to pray. And when I say amen, 
That's the key. Across all of our campuses, I want everybody in the room to stand up. And if it's your day to get baptized, if it's your day to get onto path two, I want you to get up and I want you to walk to the back. Campus pastors, I want you to go and start making your way on stage uh, so that when I pray, you can give your campus instructions. Uh, this is going to be incredible. This is going to be incredible. I'm praying that all of our campuses, we have to refill the baptistries because all the water will be sloshing out with all the people who are bold tonight. Okay? 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 When I say amen, when I say amen, I want you to stand up. And if today is your day, get it. There's no judgment at Faith Promise Church. That why, that's why, get out of here. That's why we get the opportunity to be in this magazine. That's why we get to, we, God has blessed us to be, because there's no judgment here. If today is your day, do not let the enemy keep you in your seat. Join Path 2. God, we come before you today. God, we come before you today, and we're excited, God. We're pumped, God. Father, I just beg you that across all of our campuses, you fall, Holy Spirit, that you fall in boldness and in power, Holy Spirit, that you would fall. God, I beg you to move. God, there are hundreds of people who gave their life to Christ. God, there's even more people who, who have never followed through with baptism. And God, I just beg you, God, I beg you that we would make our way to Patu. What could we do as a church if we were all marching on Patu? A Patu of trusting you, God. A Patu of believing in who we are, maturing as Christians and not building up this old barn. It's garbage. I find my there, myself there so often, God, and I'm tired. I'm weary, Father. I know so many people in this room are, and they've received freedom tonight, and they've received joy tonight. But God, there's not much freedom like being baptized. There's not much freedom like our first step of trusting you. Father, here in a moment, God, in all of our campuses, when, when I say amen, and everybody stands up, I just beg you, God, that the people who need to wouldn't let the enemy keep them in their seat. That today they would finally stand for boldness. That today they would say, enough, you can't have my life. You can't have my family. You can't have my future. You can have the past, devil. You can have it. Because what we're concerned about is the hope that God's given us for the future. We can't give new pasts, but you give new futures, God. And it starts in that water, Father. It starts when you save us and we follow through. So God, fall. Fall in East Tennessee in your precious and holy name. And all God's people said, amen.